welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. Throughout this month of December, we've been journeying the Advent season together. And we talked about things like hope and how the promise of the incarnation and the joy of hope is that a new beginning is possible. And we talked about peace and how Jesus is called the Prince of Peace, but really in Hebrew that means the authority of shalom, the wholeness, the authority of wholeness and all wholeness in our emotional, in our spiritual lives. The totality of who we are is found. All peace, all shalom is found in Jesus. And then we... um, talked about joy, and Ben brought us the good news of Aldi. Do you remember that teaching? (laughs) So good. Talked about joy and how we can have fullness of joy in our lives. And last week, we talked about love. And just the glory of the incarnation and how God's love was made real to us. Something of spirit became flesh. The word made flesh dwelt among us, and tonight we light the Christ candle. Tonight we celebrate not only the birth of Jesus, right? But we celebrate the incarnation, the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. God making a move towards us in a very real and human way. And so that's what I wanted to bring as an encouragement to us tonight, briefly, just a word on the incarnation and how sometimes it's really easy to miss the obvious. We miss the forest for the trees, as it were. Amidst all the festivities of Christmas, we're cautioned to remember the birth of Jesus, but far less often we're encouraged to look beyond the birth of Jesus to the incarnation. And though the birth of Jesus is like super joyous, it's like really a happy thing, it's really a glad thing that we, when we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, when we read verses like Isaiah 9, that we can be brought out of a place of darkness and into a place of light, it's a joyous thing. The incarnation is the beginning of something completely unexpected. It's the restoration of all humanity. And this Christmas Eve, I wonder if we could contemplate, if we could meditate on the incarnation because the incarnation requires something from us see if we just think about the birth of Jesus that Jesus oh the Christ candle went out that's not good you guys (laughs) oh it must mean something right we're in church that was a joke um we'll keep on lighting it amen Um, (laughs) I'm not going to spend all of my time lighting that candle. (laughs) So if it goes out, it goes out. Okay. So traditionally there's been two views of the incarnation. And you guys know these. They're preached at every Christmas Eve service. They're really common. The one view is that 
uh, in the incarnation that Jesus is God's gift to us. And traditional gift giving gives us an example of that. And that's the way that Christmas is talked about. The other view is that it's the incarnation is somewhat of an invasion of nature, like the allies at Normandy, like God establishes a beachhead with Jesus in nature and begins to take the world back from Satan, right? You guys have heard this before. These are both true, but instead tonight I want us to um, think about a few other views that could be encouraging for us, for us and fresh as we think about Christmas. And none of the following views of the incarnation is new. It's just they're overshadowed by the ones that we already know. And the first view that I wanted to share to encourage us tonight is that the incarnation is an act of intimacy. It's an act of intimacy. It's the act of a loving father towards his children. Through Jesus, God freely chose to share in the human experience, shrinking back from nothing and participating in our world as one of us. That's crazy, y'all. That's astounding. That the Lord of all creation had to clean up his room. Think about that. If we're really saying this about Jesus, if Jesus is who he said he is, if he's fully God and fully man at the same time, Yet Jesus was subject to Mary and Joseph. It's a play on words, but Jesus had to clean up his room. Though he was the author of life, Jesus got hungry. Think about it. Jesus slept. He ate. And can I get a good amen from all the mamas of toddlers out there? Jesus had dirty diapers. One thing that you'd never thought you would hear from a preacher on Christmas Eve. Jesus had dirty diapers. Jesus pooped his pants. He's the origin author, yet he spoke our language. Even in the miracles, he never violated nature. The stones did not become bread. He, he didn't turn the stones into bread. Animals did not speak. It didn't rain wine. The water turned into wine. Although he didn't create death, he submitted to it for our sake because it was the will of the Father. Jesus said that he and the Father were one. And if you've seen the Father, if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. Meaning Jesus was the spitten image of his dad. If you want to know what God looks like, you need not look any further than the person of Jesus. He said he and the Father were one. He carried this intimacy, and he showed us what a perfect union between the divine and the human in every moment of his life looked like. By his life, Jesus again blessed creation. He declared it good and proved the love of God for creation by his life, death, and resurrection. Whatever whatever he did, whatever Jesus did as a man would be forever called blessed and proven good. So good. And it doesn't stop there. Even in the resurrection, he displays care and intimacy. He's not just like, peace out, I'm going to heaven. But he displays care and intimacy for mankind. And he says, here's the Holy Spirit. Here's the comforter. I'll send another one who will guide you and lead you into all truth. That's amazingly intimate. 
The second way to think about the incarnation is like a contagion. It's like Jesus is, Jesus is kind of like the flu, only in reverse. <laughs> okay, unpack it. John Wimber used to say that uh, following Jesus, the faith is caught before it's taught. Jesus introduced a new kind of way to live, a new glory being possible almost like a virus. So instead of illness and death, this contagion brings life and a share in God's glory. The incarnation makes it possible for us to become part of the body of Christ and do the same things that he did. As part of his body, if you claim Jesus as Lord tonight, you're called to heal the sick, raise the dead, Take care of the poor, cleanse lepers, drive out demons. In other words, what we're saying that what started with a trickle will turn into an ocean of new creation. What started in the manger will flow through the veins of every human body. The other view, the last view that I wanted to share is the ongoing work of creation. Just as God breathed life into man at the very beginning, breathes life, speaks life into existence, breathes life. God breathed life into man at the creation. So too does Jesus breathe life into us through the Holy Spirit. We are truly a new creation. If you claim Jesus tonight, you are a new creation for you've received the Spirit of God. And writers throughout history, this thing of creation moving from God to us and from us back to God is a common theme and thing that happens. Creation was not something that God did a long time ago. It's ongoing. Thomas Merton said he saw man men and women, as a possibility of indefinite growth. I love that. The incarnation, in other words, opened up a new um, way, a new possibility for you and for I to grow. And the incarnation made a path to God for all of creation, where the way was blocked. Have you guys seen Lord of the Rings? Do you remember the way of the dead? He's like trying to get back because he's got to get the sword. And all of the ghosts are like, the way is shut. The dead keep it. In the return of the king, Aragorn breaks through the way that was previously shut. This is Jesus in our world. This is a parable for Jesus in our world. The way is not shut with the coming of Jesus. The word made flesh makes a way for you and for us for me, for all of us, for all of humanity to now see beyond the veil in the temple and see that a new possibility exists, that it's not just death after death, funeral after funeral. It's actually death working in reverse. And that a new future does exist. A new hope exists. Did I just quote Star Wars there? Easy. The incarnation was a continuing of the work of creation. We are all called to join in the great procession of joyfully leading all creation back to God. Meaning, we've got work to do, y'all. You and I are plan A. There's no plan B. We are to be about 
the work of making all things right and all things true and all things beautiful and all things lovely. So our response in this, what does that mean, is to simply receive the word made flesh and to say yes in partnering with Jesus to usher in transformation. The transformation which is the love of God made flesh in the incarnation. God didn't see it below him to come to his creation and nor should we. God didn't reject humanity. He embraced humanity by getting low and becoming a person. We said last Sunday, a good question to get quiet with God, just like if you have five minutes to get quiet with God, like between now and like amidst the chaos of presents and gifts tomorrow morning, a good question for you and for God, and only you can answer this, only you can ponder this with God would be, God, why did you become a person? Why, why did you become a human being? And just sit and listen to what God has to say about that would be a fresh question to ask. So let's respond. Tonight can be a new start for you. Tonight can be a second incarnation, if you will, for you. That's the challenge. The challenge is not to view the manger as some distant memory, but to hold it in the present, to hold the manger in the present, and to experience Jesus in this present moment for you. Yeah, you may have been to like a thousand church services. That's good on you. You're doing great. But the goal of like the word, the spirit becoming flesh was not to make you a better person, to make you a good boy or a good girl. It just wasn't. The goal of the incarnation was to make dead things come to life. And so I wonder if there's anyone tonight who would want to make that step. And I want to encourage you, like, I want to encourage you to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to the word being made flesh in you. And that's difficult because it requires something of you. But I want to encourage you to do it because it might not be cool and it might not be fun, but it's going to be amazing. I want to invite us to say yes to this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there is no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone 
around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told.